good morning. It's good to be back with you guys this morning as we continue our sermon series on Summer on the Mount. And before we get to the series on the Summer on the Mount, there's just a couple things that I just want to share with you in regards to what's going on in my own personal life. I wasn't planning on sharing this, but feel led to share it this morning is uh, this summer for me has been uh, a journey and a new step, a new chapter as a father. My son is going to be 13 here at the end of uh, September. And so this summer has been a summer of what we call an initiation summer where I'm having significant intentional conversations, helping him go from being a boy to becoming a young man. And uh, that song that we just sang has a lot of significance in my own life because I was raised Southern Baptist. So we sang that song a lot in the Baptist people in the Lord, house of the Lord this morning. Okay, a couple of you. So um, song has a huge amount of meaning for me personally. But on the way up there um, to Bear Valley on a trip I took with my son, uh, there's a certain playlist that I have. It's my country road playlist is what I call it. And it's got uh, Alan Jackson's hymns on it. And How Great the Art popped up. And Noah's heard that song. But I asked him, I said, on the way up there, I said, what do you think of this song? He's like, I don't understand it, Dad. I kind of began to explain to him how this song moves from looking at God's creation and what he's done and what he's accomplished. And it's amazing how great thou art. And then it moves into the story of what Jesus has done for us and how he died for us and how great thou art. And he's like, oh, wow, I didn't really think about that. And so we had this conversation on the way up to Bear Valley. We're up at Bear Valley. We're seeing God's creation. And we've always been enamored with God's creation. And he goes, man, look at that sunset, dad. And I go, yeah, how great thou art, huh? It was his job to keep the fire all night long. So he had to get all the fire for the night and keep the fire going. He did well until about 2.30. <laughs> but at 2.30, we looked up and you could just see the Milky Way. And he goes, man, look at that, Dad. And I said, yeah, how great thou art. So all weekend long, like as we were talking about significant things in life, as he's growing and maturing into a young man, um, that song has different meaning. And it will for him today as he comes and worships and hears that song. So thank you, worship team, for leading us so well and making an impact in my life and my kids' life. We've got an event coming up on August 20th that I want to highlight. Joe's talked about it. If you serve here, if you are a volunteer here, if you are a leader here, if you're wanting to serve here, if you filled out a form and you're in the process of joining the game here at Real Life Ministries, we want you to come to this night. And this night's going to be a an amazing night. We've never done an event like this. It's going to be our first ever where we have food. We're going to enjoy uh, each other in relationship. After we get done having food, we're going to come in here and we're going to worship. There'll be childcare available if you have kids. And then we're going to talk about what we feel like God's leading us into over this next year. And uh, to be honest with you, um, I'm really excited for this night because we get to talk about what, what we feel like God's put on our hearts and put on my heart. Um, and what makes it even more exciting is just, we've had an amazing summer. Um, amazing summer with a lot of new people that are coming, wanting to get connected. Uh, over 12 people are getting baptized in two weeks at the river, which is just incredible. And some of the stories that are going to be shared on that day um, are just going to be amazing. But I'm really excited for this night. I just want to encourage you, would you please come? Would you make it a priority? Would you put it on your calendar? You serve in any capacity. If you're wanting to potentially serve, come. Just hang out with us get to know uh, the family a little bit more. Um, I just want to highlight August 20th. It's going to be an amazing night, 5 to 7.30. So put on your calendar. Please make an effort to come. 
Uh, we've been going through this series, Summer on the Mount, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. We are about ready to wrap up this series. We've got this week, we've got next week, and then we're starting a new sermon series the following week on discipleship in the home, parents to kids. And I'm really excited about this sermon series, excited to talk about what God's Word says about us, our role as parents, and how we are called to invest in our kids, and what we're supposed to point them towards. And uh, even if you are an empty nester, you're like, well, I already did that. I don't need to come to that sermon series. You need to come, because as a grandparent, you play a role as well. And so uh, I'm excited to, to, to launch that series in two weeks. We're in Matthew chapter 7, wrapping this up. And I just have a question for you. It's a really, um, not necessarily a new question, a little bit of a new question. The question that I've been wrestling with myself as we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus's is essentially helping his followers understand the depth from which he wants his lordship, his allegiance over our lives. And really challenging his audience to go, you've heard it said this, but I'm actually calling you to something greater and something deeper. And if you look at the topics that he's been talking about, he's been getting into some very difficult topics in the first century and difficult topics for us too. And really looking at the heart. And so this is the question I've been wrestling with my own personal walk and also just as we've been going through the series and it's a question for me and it's a question for you. How good am I, how good are you at evaluating your heart? How good am I, how good are you at evaluating your heart? And to be honest with you, a lot of times when I just hear that question, I go, oh, I think I'm pretty good. I think I'm pretty good. And if you're there and you're thinking, oh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at that. Let me ask you another question as we enter into the topic today that we're talking about is, do you consider yourself a judgmental person? And I think the majority of us here in this room would go, I'm, I'm not judgmental. And I'm beginning to learn, I'm pretty judgmental. And if you think, you know, I'm not very judgmental, let me just ask you this question. Uh, are you ever passive aggressive? And when you ask that question, are you ever passive aggressive? Like, uh, there was a survey done recently said that 89% of people admitted that they're at times passive-aggressive. And we'd all go, oh, I'm passive-aggressive, right? Would you guys agree? Have you ever been passive-aggressive in the last week? I know I was yesterday, okay? <laughs> right? What's interesting about passive-aggressive behavior is it really shows oftentimes our hearts on where we're really at with people. Because at the core of passive-aggressiveness it's, it's really directed towards hypocritical judgment. At the end of the day, when we're passive-aggressive, when I'm passive-aggressive, it's because I've moved into the hypocritical judgment seat. I've made a judgment. And what I'm learning is in communication, especially with my wife, that oftentimes I am moving into the judgment seat instead of the asking questions to seek to understand seat. How good are you at evaluating your heart? And what does Jesus say about this topic called judgment? A sermon you've probably heard before. If you've been in church in Matthew chapter 7, uh, you've, you've heard this message. And you've heard this message actually from me. I've actually preached this message uh, once over the last three years. And uh, it's fun to circle back with it because uh, I have a lot to learn still when it comes to the idea of Judgment, But in order for us to enter into this conversation in Matthew chapter 7, I want to remind you as to where we've been. 
Two weeks ago when I preached, we talked about uh, a couple different things, a couple different uh, things that Jesus is calling his people to do. He's calling on them to pray. He's calling on them to give to those that need help. And he's calling on them to fast. But how they do it really matters. And there's just been this key word that keeps popping up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the, what's the next word? As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. And when you pray, you know, be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. And when you fast, you don't look somber as the hypocrites do. But they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. I bring this up because Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount keeps coming back to the heart of the matter when it comes to these topics. And he's going to do the same exact thing when it comes to judgment, being judgmental. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same manner you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, he says. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. And if you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. What is Jesus doing right here? Jesus is calling out hypocritical judgment. Hypocritical judgment. Hypocritical judgment, which we're going to talk about what that is exactly, because it's different than another type of judgment that we see actually found in the Bible. It's actually a positive judgment. But hypocritical judgment, what is it? It's choosing to condemn others and not offer grace for something you are personally guilty of. It's not offering grace. It's choosing to condemn others for something you are personally guilty of. And Jesus continues to kind of call out people that are following him and that are living a life that they lack humility to look at themselves first and are quick to point the finger or quick to condemn or quick to judge other people when they themselves are guilty of it as well. And it's this group of people that we find in the New Testament, a group of Jews, uh, Sadducees and Pharisees. Who are these Pharisees? We've talked a little bit about them. They're a group of people that actually set out and really, in a really honorary position of saying, you know what, we, the last time we rebelled against God, the last time we chose not to follow what his word says, we ended up in captivity. We ended up in Babylon. And when they came back to Jerusalem, they said, we don't want to do that. We need to learn God's word. And so they devoted themselves to setting up synagogues to learn God's word, to, have, to be devoted to it. But what they did in the process as they learned God's word, were devoted to it, they began to cast judgment on those that didn't interpret the way they interpreted things. And Jesus says, that's not what my people are about. My people are supposed to be something else. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 27, he says this to them, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, 
You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And Jesus is calling out this thing called hypocritical judgment. The same thing that the Pharisees struggle with over and over and over again is they're not willing to take a look at themselves and they're too busy looking at everybody else and making a judgment call. Now, I, I showed you this illustration a couple years ago, but I think it's worth showing again in the sense of what happens when we live with hypocritical judgment and how it impacts our relationships. So last time I had a way bigger plank. This time I just found something in my backyard, to be honest with you, because <laughs> that plank was huge that I brought in. But relationally, when we live this way, it impacts relationship. And the way that we can actually show that is by, if I literally had this lodged in my eye, not only would it be painful for me, but when we're a hypocritical, judgmental person, we don't even recognize the pain that we have and the pain they're actually causing others. And let me just give you an example. If I were to come up to you right now and notice the sawdust that's in your eye, and I had a plank in my own eye, and I came up to Ron... And I decided that, oh, I noticed you have sawdust in your eye. And if I were to go and literally try to grab the sawdust <laughs> out of his own eye, what? <laughs> boom, like that is hypocritical judgment. That's what happens when our heart is in this place. I go around stabbing people, hurting people, and I'm completely blind to the reality that I have a plank in my own eye. And the people, they're like, yeah, I've got sawdust in my own eye, but bro, You've got a plank in your eye. Like you're calling me out or talking to me, but you yourself aren't even willing to evaluate in humility about what's going on in your own heart, about how you're living. And why does Jesus hate this? Because ultimately, it leads to broken relationship. Ultimately, it shows the world not a picture of what his followers are supposed to be like. It actually breaks relationship. And it actually keeps us from actually taking ownership of the things that we need to take ownership of. And so Jesus says, first you've got to remove the plank out of your own eye before you remove the speck out of your brother's eye. Here's what I've noticed. Oftentimes, people who publicly judge others are privately guilty of the same exact thing. Have you noticed that? So for us as followers of Jesus, we've got to ask ourselves, if we're going to be quick to make a statement, quick to, to make a proclamation, we better first be checking our own hearts and asking, do I have a plank that I need to remove out of my own eye? Because Jesus, if you're not willing to do that, he calls you a hypocrite. A judgmental hypocrite. We did a marriage series a couple months ago. And one of the key things we talked about in marriage and what ties the knot, tightens the knot in our marriages is communication. You guys remember that? I remember it because it's like one of the main things that me and Allie have been working on in our marriage the last couple months. And I've been going through a reading plan that's probably one of the most powerful reading plans in the Bible app in regards to communication. If you're interested, come talk to me. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's super powerful. But I, I, this came up again this week in regards to judgment 
says in the Bible plan that I'm reading, assumptions are a major communication breakdown. Assumptions. Often the assumptions we make about each other are harsh and untrue. We love to assume the best about ourselves and the worst about others. You notice that? We judge others by their behavior and ourselves by our best intentions. Assuming things about your spouse will set you up for miscommunication and misunderstanding. What about you? What about you? Do you live the majority of your life with a plank judging others or do you live the majority of your life in a posture of humility about what's going on in your own heart before you cast judgment on, on another person? And this is the, really the core of what Jesus is actually talking about in Matthew chapter 7. Now, because of the culture that we live in, I feel compelled to talk about a different type of judgment this morning. A judgment that's not negative, that's actually positive according to the New Testament. Is Jesus calling out all judgment? I would argue no. Paul later on in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says this, the person with the Spirit makes, what's that next word? Makes judgments. Another translation says evaluation. Evaluation about all things. So is Paul contradicting Jesus? I don't think he's contradicting Jesus. I think Paul's actually helping first century church figure out how to navigate this thing called life in the midst of a world that's completely confused with a lot of different messaging contrary to the gospel. He says later on in chapter 5, it isn't my responsibility, Paul says, to judge outsiders, those that aren't a part of the faith, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. So, the question is, is are they in contradiction? I don't think they are. I think Jesus is calling out people that are hypocrites, people that claim one thing but do another. Paul is calling out the church to say, listen, it is our responsibility to be a people that are in relationship with one another and to hold each other accountable to being the type of people that God's called us to be. Do we do that with hypocritical judgment? No, we don't. We do it in real relationship. And we call people to a greater walk with Jesus. Peter goes on to say that we are a holy people. We are a holy nation. And so for us as God's people, we have to be willing to live in this tension. And I'm not saying this is easy, but we have to be willing to live in the tension that you are called to live with what I call righteous judgment, not hypocritical judgment. Righteous judgment, not hypocritical judgment. Some of you might be saying, well, what is the difference? Here's what righteous judgment is versus hypocritical judgment. Step one. Righteous judgment means in humility, humility evaluating and discerning what is right and wrong according to Scripture. It's an evaluation. It's a judgment. And for us, as people that are walking with Jesus, some of you might say, well, yeah, that makes sense. Some of you might say, ah, I don't know. Well, let me ask you this question. We live in a world and a culture that oftentimes doesn't value the things that we value as God's kingdom and God's people and what we call the gospel. Would you agree with that statement? We live in a world that lives in contrary to the gospel, to the kingdom. And so I am all the time asking myself this question. 
is what is being talked about true according to God's word? And am I willing to allow it to impact my mind and my heart, or am I going to evaluate it? Am I going to judge it? Same is true when it comes to my children. As I'm trying to raise them up in the Lord, I am constantly evaluating and judging the things that are going on. Sometimes they will watch a show on YouTube Kids, and I'm like, I'm not familiar with that show. And do I just go, eh, oh well, it's on YouTube Kids, we're good to go. No. I go on, and I research online and figure out what is it that's being talked about on this show, and is it appropriate for my kids. We all make judgments, or we should be making judgments as followers of Jesus. Would you guys agree with that? We're making evaluations. We're making judgments. And we're called to do that because we're called to walk in holiness. We're called to walk as Jesus called us to walk. So the step number two in making sure we don't live in hypocritical judgment, but instead righteous judgment is this, taking more inventory of one's own walk with Jesus than others. Where are you at? Where are you at? As you read Matthew chapter 7, are you asking the question, where am I at? Or are you thinking about everybody else except for you first? And I think that's what Jesus was kind of getting to in Matthew chapter 7, is the Pharisees were always kind of creating a spiritual climate of like, watch out, watch out, so-and-so's not doing so-and-so. And Jesus is going, what about you? What about you? Are you more focused on taking inventory of yourself or are you always living in a spiritual climate of pointing the other finger to somebody else? What I call that in our home is a lack of ownership. Lack of ownership. Where are you at in taking ownership of yourself? And then when we begin the process of actually looking at others, are you willing to, number, number three, look at others with grace and what Jesus said, the measure you would want used against you. Are, you. are you measuring the measure that you would want to be used against you? Are you treating others the way that you would want to be treated? And now we start getting into that passive-aggressive behavior a little bit, don't we? Because I make an assumption, we make an assumption, you make an assumption. And instead of being slow to respond, slow to ask questions, slow to help me understand, we make a judgment, and we snap back. And what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 7, yes, we got to make judgments. Paul says we got to make judgments about how we as the church operate and live we're called to walk as Jesus walked but how do we engage in relationship with one another when we fail one another when we fail the Lord are we quick to offer grace in the situation or are we quick to become angry and cast judgment step number four I believe that Jesus calls us to not cast wisdom to people who have no desire to listen learn and grow in righteousness we can recognize that maybe people need to take a next step. We can recognize that people should walk differently, but there comes a moment when oftentimes like people just aren't listening. 
Verse 6, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Someone who's mature recognizes in relationship when they're talking to someone, this isn't actually going to bear any fruit. And at that moment, you have a choice to make. The fleshly choice is, I'm going to tell you because I'm going to show you that I'm right. How fruitful does that get? Not very fruitful. But a mature person says, I have more to talk, but they're not willing to remove the plank out of their own eye. They're not willing to listen. And step number five, if people refuse to listen and choose evil, we are called to love them, but graciously don't associate with them, is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. You might be saying, well, isn't that judgmental? And my question for you is this. If we recognize that there's things that we need to grow in, and we're willing to offer grace to one another in that, and walk beside each other, but people continue to refuse to not listen to what God's word has to say for their lives. Let me just ask you this question. Does sin build up the body of Christ? Does sin build up the family of God? And does does sin build up the community that God's developing here? And all of you guys would say no. So for us as God's people, we have to look at our own sin in humility, not look around constantly about other people, but instead take more inventory of ourselves. But when it comes to a place where we're aware, we walk beside people in graciousness and holiness and righteousness, but we also call them to the way of Jesus. I don't know if you guys have recognized this, but I believe, I don't know if you see this on all these steps, step one, two, three, four, five. That's, that's a lot, isn't it? And I only get about half of that right half the time. <laughs> right? But I hope that as you look at these steps, one, two, three, four, five, I want you to recognize something. The difference between hypocritical judgment. Hypocritical judgment is quick and fleshly. Righteous judgment, I believe, is highly relational. Do you see that? Do you recognize the amount of relationship it requires with God and the amount of relationship it requires with one another? It's highly relational. Does that mean that sometimes those conversations in relationship aren't difficult? No, they are difficult. But it's highly relational. You might be saying, well, what you're saying would be, like, tough. Yes, it would be. But if it's offered with love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, we are then walking by the Spirit. So as we continue to move through the series and we continue to move through um, the Summer on the Mount, here's what I'm asking you to reflect on this week is, are you willing to live as someone that lives with righteous judgment, righteous evaluation, righteous walk with the Lord, or are you a person that's defined by hypocritical judgment? What about you? As we close out, as the worship team comes up this morning, we're gonna move into a time of communion, and the reality of it is, is for some of you, you've maybe come this morning, 
and you are living in a posture of hypocritical judgment. Like that's something that you're going, man, I, this area of my life, in my marriage, with my kids, work, wherever it is, it's an area you need to grow in. And here's my encouragement to you if that's where you're at this morning, is as we get ready for communion, have a conversation with Jesus about it. Because the reality of it is, is that, that step or that change, it's only gonna be cemented if you have an honest conversation with Jesus. The Bible says that we're called to confess to him and that as we choose to walk differently, that that is a life of repentance, that we begin to repent and walk differently. And here's what's amazing about Jesus is Jesus, and we sang it during How Great Thou Art, Jesus, in the midst of the, the lack of faithfulness that you have in your life when it comes to this topic or any other topic, Jesus, as we come to the table, sometimes we can come with, with shame, we can come with guilt, we can come with all these like, Jesus, here I am again, and as we sang, Jesus went on a cross, gladly bearing, gladly. He went on a cross, gladly bearing your sin. And if that's true in the midst of people that were spitting on him, in the midst of saying, if you're the son of God, if you're the king of kings, why don't you get off that cross? If he did it, gladly bearing. And if you read the gospel, it's not easy, but willing, because he loved you that much. How much more would he gladly welcome you at the table of communion when you come with a heart of humility and posture of, I need your grace, Jesus. I need your forgiveness. Jesus is going to welcome you this morning as you have a conversation about his love for you and your allegiance to him to walk as he walked. So I'd love for you to have a conversation with him. And do we have people that are willing to serve communion this morning? Yes, we do. Some amazing people. If you did not receive the elements this morning, I would love to take communion. Just raise your hand. And these amazing people would love to serve you and give you the elements this morning. Let's spend some time with the Lord this morning.